I almost got stranded in Kathmandu, Nepal. I've been telling this story to some people, and I've debated whether or not I wanted to bring it up in a podcast, but this is the One Hand Speaks Storytelling Podcast, and this is actually a great story. But yes, I almost got stranded in Nepal uh, because I wasn't, I was not going to be able to get on the plane to come back to the United States. And basically, here's the situation. Uh, And this has changed in the last few days. But when I was coming back to the United States from Kathmandu, Nepal, flying through Qatar uh, in the Middle East, uh, a U.S. citizen needed a CVT test to get back into the United States. That's a COVID viral test. You needed to have a negative one. Okay, you don't need that anymore. But a month and a half ago, I did. So the last three or four days I was in Nepal, I started asking around about it. Oh, where where can I get it? And basically, you have to have the test within 24 hours of your flight. Most people get it at the airport. There are some stations around Kathmandu. But most of the people that I spoke to basically said, just go to the airport an hour early. Take care of it when you get there. That's what most people do. It's not really that big of a deal. And that is the last time I listened to locals when it comes to the potential of not getting back into my country. Okay, so here's the scenario. Basically, I was leaving Kathmandu uh, June 5th, I think, June 4th at 1130 p.m. But then my flight got pushed back to 2.30 a.m. No, I was leaving at 11, yeah, 11.30 p.m., but it got pushed back another three hours and the, the new time of departure was uh, 2.30 a.m. Now, when I was speaking to the, ho- the, the owner of the hotel I was staying at, I said, hey, my flight got pushed back, and now I'm leaving at 2.30 a.m. And the, the hotel owner was funny. He said, well, that's impossible, Alejandro, because the airport closes at 2.30. There's no way that's the case. And I said, no, that's actually the case. And... He still didn't believe me. So I told him I would send him the email that I got. So I got back to my room later. I sent him the email in the evening. The next day he was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is true. Uh, You are. Everybody is flying out at 2.30. And I said, I know. And he's like, well, we'll still get you there three hours early and go there an hour early to get the CVT test. Okay. Uh, You know, the, the driver... Uh, goes to the airport numerous times a day to pick people up and drop people off. I should have just rode with him. Wouldn't have been an issue. I would have had my CVT test. But the day that I'm leaving, I get to the airport four hours early, thankfully. I get to the airport four hours early, which is basically 10.30 p.m. I'm looking around for where I can take my uh, COVID viral test, and it's closed, (laughs) It's closed because it's so late. And then they're like, well, go across the street because that's where the hospital's at. You can you can get it over there. So uh, one of the workers from Qatar Airlines basically walked with me uh, to the hospital. But he told me to leave all my stuff, right, my suitcase, 
you know, my my backpack, all my gear. He said, basically, just leave it all here at the airport. And the first thing I thought about is, well, it's not going to be here when I come back. Second thing I thought about is that when you typically see luggage at an airport that's uh, left alone, typically it's a bomb scare. People will confiscate it. Someone's going to take it. And then in there, you know, that's everything I got. It's you know, it's all the stuff I bought, my clothes, it's got my computer, it's got just basically everything. I just had a small bag that I had on me, and I didn't want to leave it, but what could I do? He's like, oh, don't worry, it's front of the, in front of the camera, the security guard knows, everything's fine. Okay, basically at that point in my head, that was like proof that things can de-escalate so incredibly fast, like I could have lost everything. Who knows? But that's just the deeper lesson learned to always take care of one's self as a solo uh, international traveler. I mean, there's no way around it. I, you basically you have to. Uh, so, yeah, that was a hard lesson there. So now I got to leave all my stuff. And then we're walking across the street to the hospital. The hospital looks closed. We get there. And, and yeah, basically the CVT area is shut down there's nothing out there and now the young man that i'm with who works for the airlines he's slightly freaking out he's running around looking for somebody he finds a security guard an older chap and uh they start talking nepalese next thing i know the security guards like pointing in this room they're waving me on they're like okay we're gonna go in this room because this is apparently where the test is taken they go in there they're in there for about maybe 10 seconds and then i just hear like all this shouting all this screaming and it's kind of the same thing over and over i had no idea what was going on i'm like all right i'm kind of running out of time i need to find out what's going on i get in there and these two guys are leaning over the counter of some kind of medical room and they're just screaming downward and i get close and there's some guy sleeping on the ground in there now, I have a general idea of what could be going on, but I don't actually know what is going on because everyone is speaking Nepalese. And then finally, the the security guard at the hospital just leaves. And then uh, the 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 kid that works for the airport, he just kind of leaves. And then now I'm standing there this with some dude sleeping on the floor behind the counter. I walk back out and these two guys are talking to each other and they just look at me and they say, we can't wake him up. We don't, we don't know what's going on. And they're like, you should, you should try to wake him up. So the young man from the airport and myself go back in there and we are screaming. And I'm telling you what, we are screaming very loud and this guy is out oh my gosh he is so out cold asleep i couldn't believe he couldn't hear us screaming right and then the the the, the young kid from the airport he's looking around this room and he finds a windex bottle and he implies that he's going to spray it on this guy to wake him up and i thought okay no no don't use a windex bottle and i found a bottle of water I checked to see if it was water. I said, you at least got to use this, right? This guy was going to spray awake some hospital worker sleeping on the floor with Windex. I'm sure glad he used water. So the guy like poured water in his hand and 
threw it on this guy. And the guy on the ground, he woke up, he got up, he shot up like a Tasmanian devil. I mean, he was so irate. I could see the anger in his eyes and he was screaming something in Nepalese and he just did not stop screaming. He just kept screaming and screaming. And then there were some words in English. He just kind of looked at me. Every time he looked at me, he got more and more angry. Oh, stupid American. That's probably all I could. That's probably what he was thinking, but that's all I could think he was thinking. And he, he would just look at me and scream and look at this other guy and scream and point at me and scream. And then something came out in English like, do I look like some kind of convenience? And then he went back to screaming. There was so much extreme screaming that the security guard came running in, right? Now, I was telling a friend of mine at work this story, and he's like, oh, yeah, he probably came in because you were about to get shanked. And then we'd see you on the news. American traveler shanked in the uh, Kathmandu airport, right? <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. This security guard runs in like, what? what's going on? Looks around. The guy behind the counter finally stops screaming, waves us off, and lays right back down, goes right back to bed. And then now, we're, there we, the, here we are again, the three of us, the security guard, the young man from the airport, and myself just standing there. And then the security guard just said, you should try to wake him up because he's not going to listen to us. And then he, he, we all go outside, and he starts talking to me. He's like, look, you're going to have to do this because he's not going to listen to us at all. Now, in my head, all I could see was this guy screaming at me. And I thought, okay, well, I this is my only shot. I got to get on a plane. I already screwed up by not taking care of myself and not getting my CVT test a day early. Right. Uh, well, fortunately, I was negative, right? Because if I'm positive, even if I do get the test, I can't get on the plane, right? Oh, yeah, terrifying. So I know all I can do, all I can do is just put on my most humble, my most sincere, my just most kindest voice. And I walk right in there and I lean over the counter and I said, hey, man, I am so sorry to have to do this. Can you please help me? Please. I need your help. And then I just went right into Jedi mode. Oh, I dug deep. I dug deep like Obi-Wan Kenobi for the Force. I just, I laid the Jedi mind on him. Not, I don't want to even call it the Jedi mind trick. I just went deep Jedi. And I just, I just leaned into him and I said, you are my only hope. <laughs> I said, please, please help me go home. And he got up and he was twice as pissed as he was before oh my god he was screaming and yelling and kicking chairs and oh my god he was so upset and I just I just put my head down and I said I am so sorry but I I can't do this without you I need your help the air the the plane is three hours delayed so there's there's nothing I can do can you please help me oh he was so mad Oh my gosh, he was so mad. He was hitting the computer. And then the security guard came back in because he probably thought I was getting shanked at that point. And then the kid from the airport, the worker from the airport, I have no idea where that young brother went. He just, he was gone. He was gone. And the security guard, you know, 
just he had me he just asked me to sit down and this guy this guy looked oh my god he was so frustrated he was so angry he was so put off right he didn't just push the button on the computer to turn it on he kind of hit the computer he was so upset and then he 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 sat down and he put his head down and he he started like rubbing his hands through his hair right through his head in frustration and then he just grabbed his hair and he started pulling it and you know we all know that phrase like they were so angry they were pulling their hair out this is this is where it comes from like i actually realized the truth of this like he was pulling his hair because he was so so frustrated totally frustrated and just screaming and i was about to say something he must have felt me because he just he's like he screamed at me get out just just get out and that's when the security guard was like hey man just come outside just have a seat it's going to take him a while you know computer turn on wait uh, get everything ready he's like just wait out here i will let you know when it's safe to go back in so that was the hard part just trying to sit there just waiting, not knowing, right? And even before we woke the guy up, in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I might not be able to get on this plane. Like, what's that going to mean? I'm going to have to get a, I'm going to have to get more time in Kathmandu. I'm going to have to call work, you know, and then I'm probably going to have to pay an incredible amount, on, amount of money to either reschedule my ticket or buy a new ticket. I don't even know. I don't even know. But then finally, the guy gets up and he's kind of prepping for the test. And the security guard asks me to sit outside. He's and then he's kind of motioning. He's like just he's motioning in reference to the guy, and just making this gesture of like calm down, calm down. Basically, he's asking me to just give this guy space, let him calm down, let him get ready for the test, and then he'll call me back in there. But for those twenty minutes, it was very difficult just to relax. And the security guard was really nice. He went and got me some water. Uh, he was trying to talk to me. He was just like, okay, just don't worry. He's like, there's enough time to get on your plane. Everything will work out. He, the, he was really nice. The security guard was. And probably because the other guy was so upset. He was trying to make it right. He was trying to make it right. And then finally, after what seemed like an eternity, the security guard looked up, looked in the room, waved me on, and then we back we went back in there. Now, I've taken some uh, COVID tests before, right? And he had a very long Q-tip in his hand, and all I could remember was just getting that thing shoved up my nose. And I thought, okay, this guy is so pissed off, he's going to push that Q-tip through my brain, and I'm just going to die there. I'm just going to die there. And I actually was scared. Like, I didn't want him swab in the inside of my upper nasal cavity with a q-tip and then he kind of motioned for me to get behind this plastic screen and then he just he you know he kept barking at me just kept screaming he's like open your mouth stick out your tongue and then i i opened my mouth but i didn't stick out my tongue and then he started screaming more he said i said stick out your tongue and i just stuck out my tongue and he actually was very gentle like he was upset but his conduct his conduct was good and what i mean by that is is when he put the q-tip in my mouth i could not feel any aggression i could tell this guy was a very good nurse and in that moment i just realized he's probably overstressed underpaid overworked and just wanted to go to sleep and there i am stupid american screwing everything up for him 
right? So he swabbed the inside of my tongue, and then he put it in that little cap, and he, he, as he was going to do whatever is next, he just looked at me, and he said, get out. And I was like, all right. So I went back outside and waited for about another 25 minutes. You know, basically, this is an hour, okay? And then security guards there, there's some noise. The security guard goes in. He waves at me. He's like, okay, come on in. And I get up, and I look at the guy. And he said to me, he said that it's a thousand rupees for the test. And you know what's amazing? I actually had 1,010 rupees in my pocket. I, I saved a thousand rupees. And I, I've never done this before. I try to spend all my money before I get to the airport. When I'm leaving uh, a foreign country to come back into the United States. But I thought, oh, for whatever reason... I was like, I'm just I'm going to keep a thousand dollars. I'm going to have a thousand dollars. I think it's a good idea. I should have money at the airport. And from now on, two things will always happen. I will make sure that I can get back into the country. And if there's any kind of test, I know what I need to do, which I did. But I'm actually going to do it and not listen to the locals. Second thing is I'm going to take a small amount of money, some like a little bit of substantial local cash to have local money at the airport because if I didn't have any money or I couldn't uh, change exchange money, man, I bet this guy would have definitely shanked me without a doubt. But I happened to have a thousand dollars. And then he dropped my uh, vaccination card. And when I asked him for it, he got really upset. And I said, no, man, I'm sorry. I think you dropped it down here. And he was moving the desk really pissed off. Luckily, he didn't do that with a Q-tip in my mouth. But yeah, he was very upset, right? So I gave him the $1,000. He's like, you passed. He took my picture. He gave me the paperwork. And then he just screamed at me again. He's like, just get out. And I said, hey, man, I, I sincerely apologize. I am very sorry. I apologize that I put you through this. I want to give you a bonus. And he just said no. And he said no. And then he just said, get out. Oh, he was so mad. So mad. Probably that other thing like, oh, you Americans think money can fix everything. But, you know, I only had a thousand dollars cash Nepalese money and then I only had two 20s and a one dollar bill American money. And uh, 20 American dollars is about twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred Nepalese rupees. I mean, that's a little bit of scratch, you know. But I was like, hey, man, I want to give you money for helping me. And he said, no, Oh, he was so mad. He was shaking and walking out on me. So I just left him a $20 bill and I just apologized. And I just remember when I was leaving, I looked at him and he looked at me so angrily disgusted. He was still so upset at me when we were leaving. I was like, all right, I got to let that go. I got to let that go. But all I know is I got my test now. I got to get back to the airport and get back on the plane. So let's take it one step at a time. I'm walking across the street. I'm walking to the airport. I got to wait in line. We get through there. The security guard lets me go. He calls somebody from Qatar Airlines. A different worker meets me. He kind of knows my story. And he's like, okay, we have to go get your bags. And I was like, well, okay, I guess that's a good sign, right? At least my bags are still there. And we go looking for them because that's all I could think about. I'm like, okay, I hope my stuff's still there. I hope my stuff's still there. I hope my stuff's still there. We, we go around the corner. It's still there, okay? I grab my stuff. He's helping me. He's kind of moving along. He's like, don't forget to tip. He kept telling me, don't forget to tip. It's good to tip, you know, and he's 
taking care of me. He ends up pushing his way through this crowd of people at one o'clock in the morning because the plane's late. Everybody's upset, you know, and he just pushes his way right to the front of the line. And even the worker at Qatar Airlines was upset at this dude. And, you know, I, I don't they're speaking Nepalese, at least the best of my capacity. And they're like talking to each other, kind of screaming, you know, the other airport workers upset, you know, and then he, the guy that I'm with is pointing at me and, and he's like, oh, he has one hand. He has one hand, you know, and everybody behind me that we cut off is super pissed. And then the guy, he just kind of looks at everybody. He's like, he only has one hand. He only has one hand, you know, and I just kind of lift my arms up like him. Hey, I don't really know what's going on. This guy's doing everything. Everybody's kind of pissed. Other people are throwing up their hands in disgust. And I was like, all right, I just need to ride this out. I just need to get on the plane and ride this out. And so now the, the worker at the airlines, this other worker behind the counter who's processing people, takes care of this other person and just starts working on me. He's upset. He's screaming for stuff. You know, it's late. I get it. I got all my paperwork. It takes longer than I want it to. They want to put my they, they want to put a different bag on the plane. I don't want them to. I just want them to put on the to put in baggage what I want them to put in baggage, which is all the stuff that I bought. And the super heavy bag, the one on my back, is the one they want to put on there. But I'm like, no, I need to carry this on there. You know, it's just this little fiasco. But the older guy that was walking me through the airport and cut in line for me was trying to carry my bag. But he's like, oh, that's heavy. And <laughs> it was, right? So finally, we get everything. I get all my documentation. He grabs my bags my big bag. I got my small one. He's like, okay, let's go. He's like, don't forget to tip. And then finally we're walking. And I asked him, I said, you know, you keep telling me that don't forget to tip, but who should I tip? And he just smiles. He's like, you need to tip me. And I thought, oh, okay, this, here we are. Here it is the shakedown. Right. And, and I, I just, I pulled out my money and all I have is a, a 10 rupee bill, which is like, it's like 20 cents. And then I got two 20s. No, I only got one 20 left and a $1 bill. And I said, all I have is a 20 and a $1 bill. And he just started motioning to my money. He's like, a $20 bill will be just fine. And he just rolls it out of my hand. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. It's no problem. Just take it. Just take it. And then at that moment, the young kid who I, who originally helped me, rolled up on me and he grabbed my other bag. He's like, oh, hey, come on, I'll take you upstairs. I'll show you where to go. He's like, did everything work out? I'm real happy for you. He was really nice. He was really nice. And I said, hey, man, I want to give you some money. Do you, will you take a tip? And the young kid said, no, I don't need a tip. And I was like, no, I want to give you a tip, but I don't have that much money. And I, I just, I, I scavenged through everything I had and I must've come up with like four Four American dollars, four eighty-four. I had four one-dollar bills, some change, and a ten-dollar, a, a ten-rupee note. And I just gave him everything. I said, "This is all the money I have." And then the other guy who shook me down for twenty bucks is like, "All your money's gone?" Like he was kind of surprised. I'm like, "Yeah, that's it. I don't have any more money, and I don't even care. All I want to do is get on the plane. I still have about an hour and a half wait." But I have a little bit of food. I got some beef jerky, uh, half a sandwich, uh, and uh, a couple of kind bars. So I can make it. And I, 
basically after this ordeal, all I want to do is just get on the plane. Because an hour and a half after I get on the plane, they're going to serve me a meal and then I can go to bed. I got a little bit of coffee to try to reset my time zone. I need to stay up late. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to make it. I'm going to be fine. Just just help me get through all this, you know. And they, they took me upstairs and I had to go through this other little security thing. And they, they kind of waved me on. And the next thing you know, my ordeal is done. I am not stranded in Kathmandu. And in all due fairness, it was actually slightly miraculous that I happened to have a thousand rupee on me, that these guys helped me out. I was able to wake up the guy. He was willing and able to give me the test. And I passed. Oh my gosh. Oh, it was such an ordeal. And, uh, you know, it is, in fact, it is a slight miracle that it all worked out that way. And I got on my plane, and then it's, you know, it's a five, five and a half hour flight from Kathmandu to uh, Doha, Qatar in the Middle East. Then I got another six hour layover, and then I have a 16 hour flight from Qatar, excuse me, from Doha, Qatar to Los Angeles. And then I got another five hour wait from Los Angeles uh, to Boise, and then it's an hour and a half flight to Boise. So, yeah. I mean, I got home. It's it's 36 hours of travel that started just hellishly. Oh, my God. Yeah, never again will that happen. But I was almost stranded in Kathmandu, Nepal. But in all due fairness, my friends, it wouldn't be such a bad place to be stranded. I mean, I'm totally Buddhist. I'm on a pilgrimage. I love the food. I love Kathmandu. I love Nepal. It would have been great, except my mom would have been super pissed and worked it would have been hard to justify all that at my day job but nonetheless my friends nonetheless I made it but there's nothing like almost getting stranded in Kathmandu see I told you he's strange and wonderful hey thanks for tuning in this is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets.